you want to approach your birth feeling cool, calm and confident, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Hypno What. I'm your host Claire, a doula and hypnobirthing teacher from Edinburgh and I'm here to help you look forward to birth. So let's get going. everybody welcome back to the hypnopop podcast so today we have my very first guests on the show and that is my brilliant pals jade and alex who run the birth uprising now jade and alex tell it like it is there's no pretension with this pair at all and they are fiercely passionate about making hypnobirthing accessible to everyone the TBU content is always inclusive, really striving to include support for everyone and every kind of birth, which is exactly why I wanted to train with these wonderful babes. Uh, So I just want to give you a wee bit of a warning as well. This episode contains a bit of swearing. If that is not your vibe, then maybe give this episode a miss. But if you are here for our chat, I really hope you enjoy it. I think this episode's an absolute belter. I really enjoyed making it with Jade and Alex. So, yeah, enjoy. Hello, Jade and Alex. Welcome to the Birth the Birth Uprising podcast. No, that's no, that's you. <laughs> Welcome to the Hypnopop podcast. I feel like because we're on a video call, I feel like I'm on TV. It's oh, weird, it's, isn't it? It's very weird. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Yeah. We've just been fanning around in the office. Um, just moving furniture around because it's a normal day for us. Mm-hmm. Alex just went, should we move our desks? Yes, we should, Alex. Yeah. So we've just been doing that. Why not? Yeah. Just well, been just getting... Yeah, getting some good birthday uh, information recorded for our Instagram, doing a bit of planning for the virtual birth festival that's coming up. Yeah. Yes, so that's next weekend, isn't it? Or the weekend after? Yes. Next weekend. Uh, next this, weekend. Yeah, not this weekend. Yeah, not this weekend, weekend coming next one. 28th yeah. and 29th of January. 28th and 29th of January. So I actually have a wee note to chat to you guys about that at the end. So Lovely. Excellent. we can talk about that and um, so you guys are here today and we're going to talk about our three most annoying hypnobirthing myths that we hear all the time so do you want to kick off jade and tell us what you're most annoying yes so obviously like we have an awful lot of contact with a lot of people um and I would say the most annoying thing that people say is, oh, hypnobirthing is just breathing. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really common one. Um, I'm sure you hear this all the time as well. Like people think that that's all it is. It's breathing. It's kind of, I think the media has a lot to play into that. They believe that, you know, it's just that bit of breathing. But hypnobirthing is so much more than breathing. There is breathing involved. I mean, there should always be breathing involved in whatever you're doing, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Otherwise, there's something going very wrong there. Um, but it is a full antenatal course. And this rhetoric that people believe that it's just breathing. It's hippy-dippy nonsense, you know, all of this kind of stuff. I think it's what gives hypnobirthing a bad name. Amen. And I think it's the reason so many people are put off of it. Like, I first time round, I heard it and I thought, no, nah, 
sounds crap. Like I don't, I'm not interested. Um, and so trying to get it out there to people that it is more than just breathing. The breathing is really important, sure, but it is antenatal education. It's how birth works. It's your rights. It's all of that kind of stuff. That is so important that people know that so we can change the view that people have of hypnobirthing before they know what it's really about and especially like anybody who's um learned from tbu anybody who has become a hypnobirthing instructor and we've taught they will teach probably very differently to what some hypnobirthing schools will teach and therefore we know that tbu especially is way more than just breathing and obviously mm -hmm. yeah, you can expect that amen yeah i think with the breathing thing as well it's, it's, I think that can quite often be what people remember because it's what they physically use during birth. Yeah. Yes. I so also think that some people say it's just breathing as a way of trying to make it sound not hippy-dippy. Mm. So when people are like, oh, hypnobirthing, what's that? Is that woo-woo or whatever? Then people will be like, oh, no, it's not anything crazy. It's just breathing. And they're almost saying it's just breathing in, like, defense of hypnobirthing mm. when actually yeah, totally. it's really oversimplifying it. And then, obviously, people go around spreading, oh, hypnobirthing, that's just breathing. Oh, I don't need that. I breathe all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think the – totally lost my train of thought there. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just it's so frustrating because that is a really important tool and it's something that people can then think, oh, right, well, I breathe every day. I can just do that in labour. But they don't realise, I think, what happens to your body when your breathing gets out of whack. That's it. Actually, that's so important. It's like one of the reasons why you your birth partner will know to like get your breathing back on track, help you slow things down. Like... The breathing is a really important part, but yes, keeps Not the part. yeah, and the science behind the breathing as well. That's like, it. I think when you understand the the science of it, I mean, this is I think this is with anything in life. If you understand it, then you're more like, ah, oh, right, yeah, I get it. I'm on board with it now. Like you can literally change like the chemical balances in your body by breathing. Um, it's totally bonkers, isn't it? It is. It's incredible, and that's like you know you can up your cortisol amounts by. <laughs> But and that's when you start to panic and you feel that rush of adrenaline and you you really birth doesn't happen as well when you are feeling like that this is why we teach these breathing techniques to bring you out of that to help you release more oxytocin to bring your cortisol and adrenaline levels down if you breathe in lots of oxygen that tells our body that we are safe <laughs> and therefore our body is more likely to birth better and i think when you understand that and you understand it's not just going breathe breathe that's yeah. nice it makes a difference to you doing it, understanding it, and wanting to use that as part of your birth. But like I said, it's not that's not the only thing that hypnobirthing does. You could learn all these breathing techniques, but learn nothing else from that hypnobirthing has to offer. And actually, the breathing is probably not very useful then because you need the other stuff in order for that to be useful. Yeah, the breathing is a tool that you yeah, use like to go through labor. Yeah, when you already know why it's helping, what it's doing to your body, and what other things you can use to help your mindset and to help your body. Yeah, I think also that idea of it just being breathing, it totally negates all of the work that you do during pregnancy. Like the confidence building, the working through fear, like 
all of that is totally forgotten when you say it's just breathing. Actually, there's fuckloads that you do during pregnancy that are just as important, if not maybe a bit more than the breathing, because it means that you're going into birth not absolutely terrified. Can I just say I'm really glad you just swore then because I've been trying not to swear just in case your podcast doesn't let you swear. So <laughs> I just feel like I've just gone, ah, oh, brilliant, I can say fuck. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can say fuck. Um, I think I can put a, I can put like explicit ratings and I've done it a few times when I've been like on a run and I've just been like, that's shit. <laughs> Fine, I think people come to expect it of me and Alex anyway, so. <laughs> um, what you're talking about there, Jade, I think that leads quite nicely onto my myth, which then is going to lead nicely onto Alex's. So the thing that really drives me mental is when people say that hypnobirthing is just for natural birth or for getting a natural birth. And like that really boils my blood because it just puts this idea of natural birth up on a pedestal. Like it's the absolute pinnacle of birth, but you know, the, the this idea that a natural birth with no pain relief, no intervention, nothing like that, that that is the best birth to have. And I just think that's crap. And I just think it makes people feel like crap as well. Yeah, there's no hierarchy of birth. But totally. there, I mean, but there is in some people's eyes. And that's like that shitty kind of behaviour. I think any birth is valid. All birth is valid. It doesn't matter yep. how you want to birth your, your baby. The only thing that matters to me is how people come out feeling. And if somebody is treated nicely during it and they come out and they feel respected and they feel positive, I don't care how that baby came out of you. I don't care if you were up a tree birthing that baby or you had a cesarean birth. Like... It's how people feel about it. And that is what we teach in hypnobirthing. And I yeah. think when we put that natural birth, in quotation marks, up on a pedestal, we're also doing a disservice to those people who had a spontaneous vaginal birth and don't feel positive about it. Oh, I know. They would have preferred me. something else. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, you know, like a really speedy birth, that's what I want. But actually, when you speak to people that have really speedy births, quite often they are really shocked yeah um that they feel really out of control it's been like fast and furious like what people actually need to get to grips with is the fact that there is no one size fits all of birth and that everything one kind of birth to you jade could feel absolutely amazing and the other could be taught and like to somebody else that could be totally terrifying absolutely I mean, we we can see that through like people that some people who give birth at home without any medical assistance there because they didn't get there in time. They couldn't get to hospital. For some people, that's terrifying because they want to where whereas some people actively plan for that, you know, different strokes for different folks. Like everybody wants something different. And I think we need to appreciate that more and stop pretending like, you know, there is vaginal birth is the best way for everyone because it's And like, obviously, the way that we all teach hypnobirth, like we as TBU instructors teach hypnobirthing, it's to help people prepare for any kind of birth. Yes. So that they can see that birth can be possible for very, like for many different, in many different scenarios. Yeah. Like there's not just the one route and that's the one birth plan that we have written down. And then anything that deviates from that instantly scary and stressful mm-hmm. like 
that is not hypnobirthing like no it's the what ifs isn't it like I, we yeah. always talk to people about the what if so you want a home birth okay what if you decide to transfer in you want to have an cesarean okay what if you're going to labor before that cesarean starts like you know there's there's so many possibilities and absolutely we can't make a plan for every single one of them it, it's impossible because birth can take so many different routes however yeah. we can put our thoughts and our wants down on paper and have a lot covered so you know a lot of things do cover other aspects what we want for one in a vaginal a spontaneous birth a lot of that can be transferred to an induction birth um and it's important that people are being taught about these different ways that they give birth because no matter how you want to do it it could go a different way so mm -hmm. this is why especially at tbu we are absolutely for people planning for all different aspects because when you've got a plan it means that no matter what happens if you're not in the throes of labor and going i'm having a cesarean i didn't plan for this blah, 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 oh my god i'm panicking you're going okay it wasn't my plan a sure but actually i have thought about this and in this scenario although it's not my ideal and i'm still allowed to be disappointed about it i can at least get a cesarean that's my cesarean and that i think is just so important yeah and obviously we know that the are people in schools out there who teach hypnobirthing and they don't include any of that chat they mm -hmm. don't talk about interventions induction cesarean no. pain relief and again that's just total crap because the last thing that you want the last thing that is going to be relaxing <laughs> calming is finding out about something like forceps or vontus or episiotomy as you're being offered it yeah yeah and finding out about different interventions and thinking that you haven't got a choice. If you have just planned for the spontaneous labor that many people come to us wanting to have, but if at some point those people are offered an intervention and they don't maybe know the ins and outs of how our system works, so they're not aware of the fact that it is a choice, you know, that someone doesn't realize that they can decide not to have the drip and opt for a cesarean instead. If they don't know they can make that choice, then they can end up having something that actually they really didn't want to have. Instead of, you know, being aware that there is a choice, making that choice positively and then coming out of a birth that really wasn't what they were originally planning and feeling really fucking good about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think like might be a bit spicy to say this, but if you teach hypnobirthing, if you help people prepare for birth and you don't mention those things, you're setting people up to fail. Yeah, you're yeah. setting them up to feel shit about their births if they don't have a straightforward physiological birth with no pain relief. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's worth saying as well that whilst as teachers, we do talk about these things, we offer up that information, it still does down to the birth of themselves to take that in and go away and think about it because we you know we offer our digital pack we've done lessons in person with people and we do find that some birthers just aren't listening when it comes to certain things because they're thinking that's, that's not what i'm planning um, yeah. yeah i'm not looking to have that and then something will change which means that they do choose that and then they'll come back to us and be like i really wish i'd but lessons when you were talking about induction, I didn't think it applied to me, or I really wish I'd have watched the cesarean part of the digital pack. I just, I didn't want a cesarean, so I didn't. And I think it is important for people to take on board that things can change mm -hmm. and find out what they would want in that situation and then almost push it aside 
don't focus in on it so much that you're worried about it and it's causing you stress and that you think it's going to occur but just get happy with the idea of what you would choose on the day and then just know that you're prepared for that situation mm -hmm. and then start thinking about the birth that you actually do want um I just wanted to say like kind of circle back to what you were saying I think it was you Jade about there being no hierarchy in of births like nobody's birth is better because they didn't have any pain relief versus somebody who used morphine or whatever mm -hmm. um and I just think that's a really important point to make because there is just no place for suffering in birth like not with the way that like what we have available to us there's just no need for people no. to really be suffering if you want um, the drugs, have the drugs do what totally. you feel comfortable absolutely um and it just like when i was thinking about that earlier on it just reminded me of a client not summer there but the summer before a hypnobirthing client and she had a really long like early stage of labor got to hospital fucking knackered and she said she just knew she needed to have an epidural so she could rest. She was like, I know I'm not fully dilated. I know I've still got to push. I need to have a rest. So she like went in like, I need to have this epidural because I need to have a sleep. She managed to get a couple of hours like interrupted sleep, but then woke up pretty much fully dilated, got through the rest of her labor and had her baby. And obviously like I'm simplifying that, but when I met her and spoke to her about it, she was like, oh, it was just great. I just knew what I needed. I just knew I needed that rest. Yeah. And that to me, like, is not, like that is exactly what hypnobirthing is all about. That's exactly what I want to hear from all of my clients. I don't want everybody to come back to me and be like, oh, I, you know, I managed to have a vaginal birth and I didn't use any pain relief. And like, I want people to be coming to me being like, oh, it was great. Like I did this, like really, empowered by their decision making yeah. and feeling really yeah. positive about it like it's regardless it's not, of what they do it's not about not having the pain relief like you know in the um instance of epidural it's not about avoiding an epidural it's about knowing what will that mean for my birth in the future if i have that epidural so if Hopefully. i have an epidural very early on I'm going to need support to alter my position mm -hmm. during that time so that I can aid my baby coming out into the world. I may afterwards have a bit of a sore back if I just lay in that one position. So I want to try and prevent that. I might not be able to um, feel that urge to push properly. So I might need some help in that area. But when you know that, and you are choosing that knowing these things you can put things in place you know you can yeah. say to your midwives i need lots of pillows to help me get into a comfortable position you can say to your birth partner i need you to help me to get into another couple of positions during that and knowing that you can do that is really important because often we hear of people getting an epidural and just thinking they've got to be on their back and that's it and they think well yeah my baby took a long time to come because i was flat on my back but i had an epidural so i didn't have any choice and that's yeah. really not how it works it's about having that information to decide and then deciding on whatever the fuck you want mm -hmm. yeah and it totally harks back to like what jade was saying earlier like hypnobirthing is so much more than breathing and if you don't talk to people about epidurals they don't know to do exactly what you've just said there alex to like yeah. think about well how can i actually support myself in this position like it's all of that knowledge around the options 
that is so valuable. Absolutely. How each choice will impact what happens in the future. Yeah. Uh, whether there's any kind of limits in what we can do in the future. You know, if you have an epidural, you are not going to be able to walk up and down stairs, for example, to help your labour progress. And if that's, that's not really, going to be an really option, want, then yeah. you need to consider whether you want the epidural. Like, yeah. It's the pros and cons of everything, isn't it? It's that informed decision making and understanding yeah. what things may mean, what I might need to do to change. And that's where the planning comes into place, I think, is that if you think about, right, I don't want an epidural, but if I did, what would I do to you know, help myself have a more optimal birth at that point. Yeah, I, or I'm open to an epidural, but what things might I try first to try and make me as yeah. comfortable as possible so that I'm, you know, able to remain upright and active for as long as possible before having my mobility kind of restricted by the epidural. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think this brings us on to your myth, Alex, which is... Which is that hypnobirthing is only for a vaginal birth and not for a cesarean. And this is something we hear all the time where people just think, well, I know I'm going to have a cesarean. So is there any point in me doing a hypnobirthing course? And firstly, sometimes people are led to believe early on in pregnancy that a cesarean is their only option and that that's not necessarily true. So it's always worth getting informed about why something's being suggested, what are the other options, and really seeing whether there are other options, or if, even if there are, if that's still the one you want to go with, which is absolutely fine. Then there's the fact that so much of what we teach in hypnobirthing is relevant to any sort of birth. The birth partner's role, decision-making, birth planning, the calming tools, the postnatal parts, you know, what to expect once your baby's here in terms of things like skin to skin, um, delayed cord clamping, both things that can happen during cesarean as well. Yeah. Um, and we often say when it comes to like the calming tools and stuff, Yes, the likelihood is that if you're having a planned cesarean that you're not going to be experiencing contractions that need the tools to get you through. But you are going to have that anxiety of knowing that today's the day, which I think must, you know, your heart must just really be pounding, yeah. thinking, oh, my goodness, like this afternoon I'm going to meet my baby. Perhaps having some worries about surgery, surgery mm -hmm. itself. Um, so if we can help clients to prepare for what a cesarean might look like, what their birth plan is going to look like for a cesarean, you know, what choices that they've got that are not just kind of the bog standard, because that's what we hear a lot is people saying, oh, I, did, I had a cesarean, I didn't know I could choose that. So if they know that there's lots of options and they get to decide, then it feels like they're cesarean and not just something that happened to them, whether that was a planned cesarean or something that's unplanned that they choose during labour. Yeah, I think when you were talking about those the calming tools as well, really, you, like if you're going in for an elective cesarean, you're going to be pretty low down the priority list for that day because yeah. generally you're probably safe with your baby inside you. But if there was any kind of like emergency situation and you got bumped down the list and you ended up waiting, if you don't know that that's a, that's a thing that might happen, you could be like, oh my god, why are we why are we like my baby needs to be born. Like that could be quite rattling. Yeah. Um, and then by the time your baby is born, perhaps eight hours later than you actually expected, you're actually full of anxiety, you're full of stress hormones and actually meeting your baby doesn't feel like 
as much of a positive experience in terms of like your physiology whereas yeah. if you know to expect that and you're using the breathing techniques and tools to distract you and keep you calm and you know that there'll be a weight then when your baby arrives you're more likely to be full of oxytocin and just enjoy mm -hmm. that experience yeah totally you know people feel like with that hierarchy of birth that you know vaginal birth is like that gold standard but for some yeah. people cesarean is a positive choice it is what they want to happen and we don't want people heading into a cesarean birth with any shame around that mm -hmm. because they are birthing their baby mm. they're just doing it via their abdomen instead of via their vagina what was the phrase i really like that if somebody had a cesarean they'd said somebody had said it to them birth isn't something you do it's something you give and even mm. when you have had a cesarean you have given birth you've given life and yeah, you've that, given your baby a birthday yeah you've given them a birthday you've oh given that's it. so nice um i really like that isn't it lovely because i think people if if they weren't expecting a cesarean people can feel like they've you know failed which is very very sad and they feel like they haven't you know done birth properly which makes me so sad in the first place but they have given birth they've given their baby a birth date and they're still their body has still gone through something and they've you know birthed abdominally instead and it's still a very valid way to birth your baby and there are so many things that hypnobirthing can do still for that like time and time again we have people in our inbox saying it wasn't my plan but that was my cesarean mm -hmm. you know people i think if unless you know your options you just get bog standard cesarean you yeah. go in and they they do what they do it's like you know convey about that's what we do blah 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 but actually if you go in and you go no i want optimal core clamping and i know that you can do that it's not just for two minutes I'm, i know that's a thing that you can do um or i want my baby to stay attached to the placenta like i don't and you know you may be told no we can't do that well they can because we've known clients that have had placenta taken out and baby stay attached to it um unless you know what you're you know that you can listen to music you know that you can have the um sheet down so that you can watch baby being born you know that gentle cesareans exist and therefore you know that you can help baby be delivered now depending on the hospital whether that's something that they do or not but you can still fight for it if you are having a planned cesarean especially um unless you know this stuff you don't have the options there and this is something that i think is really important with cesarean if you know that's what you want that know that's what you're going to have even if you don't know that and you still want to look into it understanding this stuff is really important vaginal seeding like maybe that's something that people want to go ahead and learn about and understand if they're having a cesarean um but if you don't know you don't know so this again this is hypnobirthing and i think people look at this stuff as you know not hypnobirthing because there's no breathing involved in learning this stuff but that stuff is all hypnobirthing and it's really valid to use that during a cesarean yeah it's all important in making you feel positive about birth and that's what hypnobirthing is really about creating that positive mindset before birth and afterwards no matter how they've birthed their baby yeah amen i think <laughs> amen <laughs> Amen. Um, just when we we've obviously talked a lot about like elective cesarean there, but actually like making people aware that they can choose a cesarean as their option in labour as well. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that's really important to talk to people about induction because quite often, like with induction, it's like step one, step two, step three. Like that that's like so called cascade of intervention. But actually, yeah. you can say I will step one step two fine like 
pessaries, prostaglandin gel, fine with that, but I don't want my water's broken. I don't want to have syntocin on. Like if the pest if prostaglandins doesn't work, I want to go straight to a serine. Like I am calling it there. And I think that knowing that as well, just because you're accepting to have an induction to try and have your labor started doesn't mean that you need to go the whole way with that. How empowering. Like how empowering to know that you've got choice over your body like we still have like the right to do what we want with our body during labor at any point i think we believe as women as people who give birth that we have to stop when we have babies and just give over whereas actually we make the decisions and at any point we can go i'm not doing that cesarean place and that i think gives people back their power and therefore that's when they're more likely to feel positive because they made that decision they weren't bullied or pushed into it yeah. yeah. I, and just like if anybody's listening that thinks that we're minimizing a cesarean there, like we're not at all. Oh. We're just making it clear that that is a choice. People Neither one of those is better than the other. Different. They're both completely different and will yeah. have completely different um, effects on your body and your postnatal period. Uh-huh. And I think... You, um, those who would think of it as minimising caesarean are perhaps, whether they know it or not, they are putting vaginal birth on a pedestal. Mm. That, you know, it's better to have a vaginal birth at all costs rather yeah. than opt for a caesarean. Whether they're doing that intentionally or not, for so many people, they'll say, you know, I had a caesarean and it was much better recovery than my forceps delivery first time yeah. round. Or, you know, um, having the drip was just... Too you know much. too much mm -hmm. it was it felt very painful and then in the end i had a cesarean anyway so actually people being able to actively make that choice to wow. go and have a cesarean whilst they're feeling calm and they've got their plan there for if they choose that that's far more empowering than ending up with the birth that you get and not realizing you had a choice in it all ending up with the birth that you get that's so powerful because I think actually there will be a lot of people who feel like that yeah who just feel like oh that's just what happened that just happened to me as opposed to being like yeah. an active participant and feeling like a lot of things were taken away from you that's my mum actually said that um very recently on New Year's Day when I saw her she said about because she had a very difficult birth with me and then um yeah sorry mum and then when my sisters was far more positive and she said that someone said to her afterwards so she'd had an epidural then she had like a mid cavity forceps delivery where I just got dragged out of her really and um someone had said to her you did so well and she thought no I didn't I literally I did nothing there that was done to me um so the way that you feel in your mindset can be so so different when you don't know the choices that you can make and you don't feel like you've made any choices at all it's just been things that have been done to you mm. I think that like you did so well I feel like that's a phrase that's used really quite often in birth mm. it's so patronizing yeah yeah trying to be reassuring aren't they you, you did know, really well but it just seems patronizing yeah. what my doula said to me which I I enjoyed it at the time because I felt like um it had been really difficult in the final bits she said to me um you made it look easy and I, that was, um, didn't say I'd done well because whether I'd, if I'd have said, I, I don't want to do this anymore, I want to go to hospital and I want to have a cesarean, I would still have done well. 
yeah but the idea yeah. that like other people watching would have thought that I wasn't internally having a terrible time um, <laughs> thing yeah that's a that's a good point as well that like you did well it's like well if I if I had reacted in a different way would that not have been good yeah like, it's almost like good there's guess. no right or wrong way yeah yeah it's almost like doing that you know you're oh, a good girl it's mm. always along them ways it's, it's sort of the way I'd maybe talk to my child when I was potty training them oh you did really well there <laughs> yeah. like, you know yeah, you just done a shit on a potty like you did well I think that's an appropriate thing somebody just birthing a baby and maybe not having the best time saying you did well maybe not the right thing that people want to hear especially because like you don't know what is going on for them internally no no not at all so we basically summed up that hypnobirthing is for everyone in every situation and, and that you should yeah <laughs> <laughs> everyone's in like we say all the time and i think this is true i believe that good antenatal education should be a human right like mm. we don't live in a society unfortunately where we talk about birth in the same way that other mm. communities around the world maybe do we don't see it we don't understand it a lot of the time so antenatal education it should be a right everyone should be able to get good antenatal education and unbiased yes so often when i speak to people that have and you know like we don't we probably don't need to say this because i'm sure people know that this is what we think but like the nhs is absolutely brilliant oh it is it's wonderful. we we are very grateful for it that is not what we're saying here like maternity services are totally stretched on their knees uh -huh. but the an the antenatal education through the nhs just tells people how to go through the system and yeah. behave yeah. it doesn't teach them about decision making no. and advocating for themselves nope and birthing outside of those guidelines exactly many people yeah. might want to do yeah totally um so yes everyone needs hypnobirthing and maybe yeah. one day it will be available or somehow i guess that's the thing like if an education like this was provided by the nhs it wouldn't be the same no unfortunately no. It kind of needs to maintain, like, be kept outside of that system. Agreed. Um, but so talk to me about the virtual birth festival. Obviously, I know because I'm in it. But... <laughs> <laughs> so 28th, 29th of January, all day, um, we have got a virtual birth festival going on where lots of TVU instructors, people we've taught, people that have conveyed over to the birth uprising are going to be doing talks on different topics. Um, we are very aware that not everyone can afford antenatal education. You know, we are going through a hard time at the moment in the UK. Everybody is stretched. The cost of living crisis is a crisis. Um, <laughs> so we wanted to provide something for people who maybe couldn't afford it, or maybe they're people that have already done um, hypnobirthing or antenatal education, and they just want to nerd out on more stuff. So we have got an amazing lineup of different teachers teaching different things. We have got... Um, sessions on birth rights we've got sessions on um fear tension pain cycle we've got sessions on um cesarean, cesarean birth. birth induction navigating the nhs mm -hmm. um birth, birth environment yeah uh, perinatal mental health mm -hmm. all sorts of things that be useful to anyone it is going to be hosted in a Facebook group. So um, I'm sure we can give you the link to sign for people for to that. sign up yeah. and then they can sign yeah. up and they'll be sent the details to join. 
Um, the timetable will be available in the group very, very shortly so that they can block out which sessions they want to come to live, mm -hmm. which means that we're able to ask the instructor questions as they go along. Um, but all the sessions will be saved in the um, Facebook group afterwards for people to go back and um, watch anytime. So it, it'd be great for people who are perhaps looking for an instructor or a way to do antenatal prep and they're, they're not quite sure who to go with because they're all fantastic yeah. and it'll give you a really good feel for uh, each instructor as well. Yeah, I was looking at the, the lineup the <laughs> other day when I think when you had shared it in our Facebook group and it is absolutely belting. Yeah, like, it's so good. Really, I mean, really good. If you went to every single class, you would have a full hypnobirthing education in that one weekend. It's amazing. Yep. It's so good. And like having all the different instructors as well, it's going to give you so many different perspectives, which again, is just invaluable. Well, we've got yoga sessions on. So there's yeah. two yoga teachers. So you can relax on a Saturday, Sunday evening, do a bit of yoga. Like I might do that. Do it. Ooh, I might. <laughs> Um, and I, as you're my first ever guest on the podcast, I am going to ask you a question that I'm going to ask everybody else. Go on then. Um, but you can be the first to ask it, uh, to answer it. So if you guys could, and you can do an answer each, if you could put one thing in a pregnant person's birth bag, what would that one thing be? Ooh, okay. Um, for me, fairy lights. Mm because hospital environments can look crappy and they can feel very um, clinical, but actually you turn a light off anywhere and put some fairy lights on, it doesn't change it and that changes the way you feel as well. And I think they're so cheap and they're so easy to transport. I think anybody listening might think, yeah, but won't the midwives think I'm a bit of a dick like walking around fairy lights? No, they're used to it. Like mm -hmm. honestly, so many people hypnobirth now and that is one of the staples of hypnobirthing is a good fairy light. Yeah, they've actually just put them in the rooms in the Edinburgh Royal Labour Ward. I wish just I was like... in Scotland. What is going on there? <laughs> Come to Scotland. Uh, too fucking um, cold. Yeah, it's too cold for Alex. She's Scottish and she can't stand how cold it is. Oh, honest to God, it is so cold today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the the wall, just on one of the walls behind the beds, I've got like a fairy light across the back wall with like the, oh, you know, the ones that are kind of yeah. fringy, like dangly down. Yeah, they're, they're nice. They're like making an effort. So like if anyone is like Jade said, thinking, oh no, midwives will think I'm a bit, mental they yeah. won't because no, they, they understand the importance and they're making changes across the country it just takes a while for everyone to get on board sometimes absolutely yeah um so my, you, my answer would be i think i've just been thinking about it there are so many different things that you could choose but i think as a good all-rounder i would say a flannel which mm. sounds like a crazy thing but you could Cold compress helps everything. Anyone who's got a child in nursery will know that <laughs> a wee wet paper towel and our wet flannel will sort you out, whether it is run under a cold tap and put on like a sweaty neck or whether it is um, run under the hot tap and it's like nice and warm and soothing. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that's a really good one for like just being really portable mm -hmm. and easy to use anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I always 
tell people to stick a flannel in their bag because I think they're great for like if you're in the pool or even like at home in the bath but you know you get so warm when your body's working but it can feel so nice to be in the warm water I always think like belly out of the water like a slightly cold flannel on top of that can just help to keep your tummy cold like where your muscles are doing all that work and you're building up all that heat actually that can feel really nice to just cool you down a wee bit so yeah, yeah, I think flannel's a, a great shout. I had a cold flannel on my back um, and a warm hot water bottle on my lower back and I was in the pool. Just like whatever feels good, just being able to have that handy to just try things. That's ultimately what birth is, is going to be, trying different things to see what feels good and what gets you through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I think as well. Well... Thank you so much for joining me today, guys. And Thanks I hope for having us. <laughs> the first honor fests. Uh, yeah, this weekend is obviously the virtual birth festival. So the link for anyone to sign up to that will be in the show notes. So if you're listening and you fancy coming along to that, then you can sign up just by heading to the show notes. Do it. Do oh. it. Come join us. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Hypno Walk podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. And you can find out more about what I'm up to by heading to birthingparentsclub.com. See you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H E R O.co.